Praise the Lord, Dr. Hanson. Good evening to you. Good evening, Shannon. How are you? Good. Or as they say in Hebrew, Shabbat Shalom. (laughs) Shabbat Shalom. Everybody, welcome aboard. We're excited to be here tonight with Dr. Jonathan Hanson, World Ministries International, and the Warning Broadcast. Dr. Hanson, would you like to open us in prayer tonight? The mic is yours. Father God, we're grateful once again that we can come in this manner and get your gospel out over the airwaves. Again, words are powerful. They can change the atmosphere. They can change lives. Words created the universe, created the earth, created the mountains, the lakes, the valleys. Your words, your authority, dear God, that is coming back where we are going to see so many things before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Your words recorded in scripture, giving warning prophetically what is about to happen. As we talk a little bit tonight on the very possibility, the Bible warns it so clear, it's going to happen. We're talking about nuclear war, that people, dear God, pay attention, let them prepare their hearts because it is going to happen. Only the fool is said in his heart, only the fool, it's not going to happen. There is no God. Because if you say that it's not going to happen, it's like saying there's no God. It's already warned. It's going to happen. Only the fool doesn't prepare. Help each person, dear God, that's listening right now, prepare, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I've got a great program tonight. I'm going to start off with Matt Shea, a former House representative. We're going to talk about nuclear war, the very possibility of imminent war. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest, Matt Shea, allied attorney with the Alliance Defending Freedom, affiliated attorney with the Pacific Justice Institute, retired 12-year state representative, former House Republican Caucus chair, and he's currently the senior pastor at On Fire Ministries and Kingdom Christian Academy. Uh, welcome back, Matt. Thanks for having me back on, Dr. Hanson. I hope you're uh, doing well over there on the left side of the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> as well as this side of the mountains can be with the uh, uh, political aroma. <laughs> I think you I think you know what I'm saying. I do, yes. All right. Although I've had a lot of good people on uh, the last three weeks or so uh, trying to change the uh, air quality. <laughs> well, hopefully it'll generate some energy as well. I understand that smell does that every once in a while. So Yes, yes. Well, Jesus spoke in parables, so I think my audience, hopefully they're gathering what we're saying. But uh, I want to touch on a subject that I think is getting very critical, and that's a possibility, real possibility. You and I have touched on it a little bit in the past of nuclear war. But uh, I want to read just a a statement first, and then if we have time, we'll go over a little bit more about what uh, Tulsi Gabbard said, why I'm leaving the Democratic Party. I'll read a couple paragraphs, and then I want you to comment, Matt. She says, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that is now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by racializing every issue and stoke anti-white racism actively worked undermine our god-given freedoms and shrined in our constitution are hostile to people of faith and spirituality 
demonize the police and protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, believe in open borders, weaponize a national security state to go after political opponents, and above all, are dragging us even closer to nuclear war. Says the pro-war Democratic Party has led us to the brink of nuclear war. The party is led by warmongers who are firmly in the grips of the military-industrial complex and don't care about the cost of war or how pays, you know, who pays the price. As President Biden and Democratic Party lead have pushed us to the precipice of nuclear war, risking starting World War III and destroying the world as we know it. This is the most urgent threat we face to protect our loved ones, our children, our world. I'm calling upon the American people to join me in standing up to these cowardly politicians now. This may be our last chance to do so. Now, before I get on to her other reasons, and uh, I want you to comment on this, uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard leaving the Democratic Party and what she said about nuclear war, how imminent it is. Uh, Matt? Okay, so I, I will comment on the fact that, that clearly something big is in the offing. I'm going to give some primary sources right now. Uh, First of all, the Russians are mobilizing what uh, are, are known as their uh, chemical, radi- radiological, uh, biological, nuclear forces, and they are testing their gear out. Now, what, what people need to know is the Russian stockpiles of that kind of gear have not been updated in a very long time. Their supply chain is notoriously corrupt. So whatever stockpiles that they allegedly have as far as uh, equipment to operate in a radiological environment, a nuclear environment, a contaminated environment, uh, is probably pretty dubious. So th- they're probably doing that just for the show at home. But they have said very clearly that their forces have been activated. They're, ha- they're telling their forces on the ground in eastern Ukraine to prepare to operate in a degraded uh, nuclear or radiological environment. So on the on the other side of this, there is a dam uh, in Kherson which the Russians have clearly mined. The Russians are accusing the Ukrainians of getting ready to release a radiological device or a dirty bomb. So this is not a nuclear weapon, but it is a it has a much lower range, but can be just as uh, devastating. It, it can make places uninhabitable. So it's interesting the Russians are trying to accuse the Ukrainians of releasing a dirty bomb, yet the Russians are the ones that have mined the dam there in Kherson. And uh, the Ukrainians are, are, are uh, saying, okay, fine, let's prove this. So they're calling in the uh, International Atomic Energy Agency, and they are asking the IAEA to send inspectors to Ukraine's nuclear sites to confirm that they're not preparing to use dirty bombs. So I, this appears to be another example of Russian uh, propaganda. Again, regardless of where you stand on this, this is objective. Uh, the, the Russians lied before the invasion of Ukraine very clearly uh, about what their intents were. So uh, this just seems like another disinformation campaign. However, the Ukrainians are winning, and they're getting ready to completely kick the Russians out of the East Bank 
<clears throat> I'm sorry, the west bank of uh, the Dnieper River down near Kherson, and they're getting ready to cut the Russian supply lines again in the south of Ukraine. So we have a situation here where regardless of what the propaganda might be out there, Putin is being backed into a corner. The Russians are losing. They've lost now almost 80% of all of their tanks, uh, almost uh, 45% of all of their armored personnel carriers. They've lost uh, literally thousands of trucks and supply delivery vehicles. Their ability to deliver logistics and shells to the front line has been severely degraded. So the, the other part that has not really been talked about either is foreign currency exchange uh, reserves, which are necessary to try to fight a war like this. The Russians are down to less than a year, again, based on objective reporting. They started out with uh, over 630 uh Billion, but half of that was locked up as a result of the sanctions. Uh, you have another hundred billion of that, which is tied up with other obligations, which leaves about two hundred and thirty to two hundred and forty billion left. And that was at the start of the war. So you you can just subtract fifteen billion dollars per month, and you get basically what they probably have left in their reserve currency. And so, based on economics based on logistics based on also that there's some sort of something big is in the offing because of all the propaganda going back and forth right now between ukraine and between russia and ukraine is saying listen we'll, we'll send inspectors to prove we're not going to do this that lends a little bit more credibility to the ukrainian side obviously but something very big is about to happen there's no question about it and very likely it's because putin is losing he's being backed into the corner he also doesn't have a lot of time left from a financial standpoint, from a logistics standpoint, and from an equipment standpoint. The con conscripts, uh, the what they're called, mobics, the, the, the conscripted, untrained males that are being sent to the front line right now are obviously not going to really improve his combat power and fighting ability. So I think he just he sees a clock on the wall right now. The time is ticking, and very clearly – uh, the thing they do have left, they do have some missiles left, and they do have nuclear weapons, tactical and strategic nuclear weapons. So he may feel like the only thing that he has left is a tactical nuclear weapon. If he does that, very likely NATO will be drawn into the fight. And I just want to highlight this because a lot of people may not know. So if, if, if I may continue, uh, the so right now the 82nd Airborne was already in Poland about – Half an hour from the border. In fact, when we went to Ukraine, we drove past where they were stationed. But right now, the 101st Airborne Division is in Romania, about three miles away from the border with Ukraine. Now, here's uh, here's a quote. I want to read this to you. Brigadier General John Lewis, who's the division commander, I'm sorry, division deputy commander, said recently, this is not a training deployment, but rather a combat deployment. And then he added that his troops, quote, needed to be ready to fight tonight, depending on how the situation escalates across the border, end quote. So you have the Biden administration now effectively readying us for World War III, not de-escalating, but actually escalating, not really having an open dialogue with the Russians because the Ukrainians aren't going to surrender. They have no reason to. They're winning. And their country was invaded. I mean, the question would be, would we surrender? Of course we would. We would continue to fight. But the United States is in a position 
to lower the heat right now. And so Tulsi Gabbard's comments really are about the fact that Democrats don't seem to have not only a coherent foreign policy, but they seem to have actually a foreign policy that's emboldening our enemies like the communists in China, like the former communists in Russia, like the Iranians and like others in the world who see the, the leadership in Washington, D.C. now as weak. But I want to I want to flip this now. That's that's the way we see it from the world. How does God see it? Well, the greatest revivals are happening in exactly these same places. The greatest revivals are happening as a result of the war in Ukraine. Uh, you, you have massive, uh, massive revival, thousands and thousands of people giving their lives to Jesus uh, as a result of this war in Ukraine. You have literally millions of people in China that are Christians. You have another great revival happening in the Middle East in and centered around Iran. So I, I see this as not, not just what the enemy is doing or necessarily what Joe Biden is doing, but hey, what is God doing? And of course, darkness is going to come against that, and that's really the bigger issue today that people need to see and understand. Well, I, I agree. I mean, the Bible is so very clear. We're going to see nuclear war. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, that's that's a standpoint from Scripture. In fact, I, I wrote uh, some years ago on the next four world wars. We're going to see nuclear war. The Bible talks about over two billion people actually dying before the return of Jesus Christ. And uh, the situation now is more dire than ever. It also talks about during that same time, the greatest, if we want to say revival, the greatest awakening the world has ever seen and will ever see is going to take place. So when the church is under the most dire attack and persecution and suffering, that's when revival explodes. I mean, my, my grandparents, my father in China before uh, they were all arrested and put in a concentration camp in World War II, uh, when, when uh, you know, communism took over, I mean, uh, millions and millions and millions of people were slaughtered, but the church exploded. And that's after the missionaries left. The church exploded. I'm talking about uh, the church took off in revival and the underground church is, is alive and well today. Uh, now, we want to do what we can. Obviously, we're living in America to try to uh, stave off uh, unnecessary suffering of, of the church and the American people. And tyranny is, is on our doorsteps. And uh, there is you know, no stopping. There will be a nuclear war and uh, a lot of people are going to die in the world. But can we stave off what this is right now? Tyranny. And we do have a God-given responsibility to make disciples in all nations. And that's what, uh, you know, Tulsi Gabbard is so concerned about. Uh, She made another statement. I ran for president in 2020 because I knew that this is where we were headed. She's talking about nuclear war. All the signs were there. I raised this issue every day during the campaign and on the national debate stage. But politicians and the media ignored it. They didn't care. They don't care now. Obviously, I didn't win that election, and I don't have the power to do what is necessary to prevent it. President Biden and Congress do, but they are irresponsibly refusing to use that power to protect the safety of our people, the American people, and the world from the devastation of a nuclear holocaust. To protect our loved ones, our children, our world, I'm calling upon the American people to join me 
in standing up to those cowardly politicians now, this may be our last chance to do so. So again, she sees this nuclear holocaust on the horizon and she sees the Biden administration seemingly purposely driving and trying to ignite it. Matt? Exactly. I, I believe these, you know, if this was just incompetence, as, as I heard somebody say recently, if this was just incompetence, uh, you would expect them to get something right in our favor once in a while, right? But everything is wrong. It's exactly the wrong thing to do, not only from the standpoint of emboldening our enemies, but from weakening us as a country. And you're right, Scripture very clearly depicts in Revelation what appears to be a nuclear war of some kind. Now, we don't know the extent of that, but it, it really does describe what we would understand today as some sort of nuclear bomb. Uh, and so we know that the Biden administration right now is not going to stop the course that we're on. In fact, the escalation is almost into a spiral right now. Uh, and as that happens, if there is a nuclear exchange, I have to ask this question of the church. And again, this is this is a this is a loving question. Okay, are you ready? I'm talking from my great Baptist friends to my great charismatic friends. Are you actually ready for this harvest, for this great awakening? Are we ready that people in such a circumstance where there is a massive loss of life? are actually ready to not just uh, feed people, but also, and that's a practical thing that a lot of churches don't really even think about. Are, are you actually ready to, to feed thousands of people, or even just let alone hundreds of people, but are you also ready to feed them in the sense of spiritually? Are you ready to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you ready to show them that they they actually need to be justified by faith alone, that they need to be holy and sanctified, that they need baptism into the Holy Spirit, that they need an impartation so they can walk into the calling that God has for them, and that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is still alive and well today. Are you ready to actually boldly preach that to those folks? But also, are you ready to to meet their physical needs? And, you know, I, I've, I've talked to a lot of people, you've talked to a lot of people, and that's why Eagle Saving Nations is so critical because it's doing what should have been done a long time ago in the church in the 1950s all the way up to now. We, we need to be throwing cold water into the face of the church and waking them up. We need to be awake as a body of Christ, active, living, breathing, and, and, and believing that what Jesus told us is going to come to pass is coming to pass, and are we actually the faithful, prudent virgins with our lamps not only trimmed, but with extra oil for the darkness that is coming into the land. And I think people think that when you have light, that somehow the darkness slowly rolls back. That's not how it happens. The question is whether or not the light's on and you can continue to keep the light on. And that is done through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's done through the church standing. It's done through the church walking with the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. And it is done through boldly, as in the old Galilean wedding ceremony, serpentining with the shofar through the middle of the city in the midnight hour, waking people up and then making sure they join the procession 
making sure Jesus, you're walking with the groom, but also making sure that the, the power of the Holy Spirit is shining through you and that the darkness is ultimately pushed back and it becomes a celebration instead of mourning. Well, you're, you're so correct, Matt. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard about Eagle Saving Nations, please go to my website, www.worldministries.org www.worldministries.org click on Eagles Saving Nations and subscribe now now uh, time is literally running out of time we're running out of time subscribe now now is the time ladies and gentlemen uh, we are on the brink of so many things not only a loss of freedom in the United States we're on the brink of a nuclear war uh, I'm afraid, Matt, that you, you said, you know, uh, are, is the church ready uh, to handle uh, a crisis? Well, the church isn't even ready for their own household to prepare for crisis. Uh, most people go day to day to the grocery store. They're not ready for what is about to happen. The church, like you said, we need to throw a cold bucket of water, but uh, they are t- so unprepared, Matt, and this is the great concern This is the whole point that you and I have been screaming about. Uh, We've been talking about this issue for 15 years in conferences and other things. But we we have to have a great awakening. The church is pathetically unprepared. Yes, you turn on a match and a little portion of light comes into a dark room. But keep looking. Everything else is dark. That match doesn't light up everything. It lights up that portion that you're at. And we've got to have this great awakening, Matt. We have to, and it begins, obviously, in the house of God, right? It begins in his body. And so as we as we see these things, you know, we just talked about, you know, kind of extensively what's happening in the world. And, you know, for anybody, they can see it, you know, when, when you have, a, a you know, Hugh uh, Jintao uh, unceremoniously escorted out. You see a political purge on live TV in communist China, and the ranks are filled with people who want to go to war with Taiwan. We know the direction we're headed. That's right. But we can't dwell on it, and we can't sit there being you know, uh, you know, know, experts in 2,000 different details but miss the actual forest because of the trees. We have to understand the time that we're in, the season we're in, and, as the scripture says, know what to do about it. The first part of that, it starts with repentance, where we are justified by faith alone, not by some work we've done. We receive forgiveness, but we have to confess to our Lord and Savior and understand that we need to turn completely from our sins. We need to live a holy life, a life of worship. We need to be baptized into Holy Spirit and make sure that we have that power flowing through us and that we're, we're stepping into the calling that God has for us in our lives. In fact, I, you know, I've, I've run into people, and I'm going to be talking about this over the next couple of weeks with our, our people uh, here in Spokane and with, uh, uh, you know, from the pulpit, that we have this idea that if we step into our calling, somehow we're going to just be so viciously attacked, and it's just not worth it. And that's the wrong perspective. The safest place we can possibly be is in the calling that Jesus Christ has for us right now, doing the work of the kingdom that he has called us to do. That's the very safest place we can be, right in the middle of that. Empowered and believing that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is alive and well today, that his church needs to be awoken from the slumber, resurrected, if you will, from the slumber, and we need to come out of the tomb, and we need to testify 
to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in a time when people are asking, what on earth is going on and where can I turn? The answer is Jesus Christ. And a way to help you do that is Eagle Saving Nations. Well, you're so correct, and we could give so many examples of what you just said. If you're in the center of God's will, how he protects you. I mean, so many examples I could give, including uh, my own family in in China, where they they came up, lined them against the wall, and they were going to rape my aunt. And they went back and forth looking, where is she, where is she? Well, she was standing right next to my father. And they couldn't see her. If you're in the center of God's will, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would not bow. They would not break. They would not compromise. They would not run. They would not deny the God of Israel. And they threw him in the fiery furnace, and they continued to walk. And Jesus walked with them. We need another great awakening. Let Jesus walk with you. Once again, go to my website, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagle Saving Nations. We want to get into the stadiums. We want this great repentance that Matt is talking about. Only repentance will stave off judgment. And we need to move out with power and authority like at the days of Pentecost when Peter, instead of running away, he preached and 3,000 were saved because of the Spirit of God. We want to get right back to the Spirit of God motivating and indwelling each believer. Eagles Saving Nations. Subscribe Today, subscribe now. God bless you. Now, I'm going to go a little bit over these prophecies the Lord gave me. I'm not going to be able to get through it. So you're going to have to go to my website to see them in their entirety. That website again is www.worldministries.org. In 1985, after repenting of hatred and unforgiveness toward a man, I received my first nighttime vision. It took me five years to repent and forgive because of my pride. I saw myself traveling the nations and meeting with the presidents, prime ministers, and governments, as well as speaking to the masses. I saw apocalyptic events and death lines. I saw the heart of God. It was broken. I asked God why his heart was broken. He said, because my bride is in love with the world more than me. I asked God why, and he said, because of the pastor's behind the pulpit, are more in love with the world than they are in love with me. I came out of the dream sweating and started resigning from my job, responsibilities on the sheriff's department, pastoral responsibilities, and selling my businesses so I could travel the nations, giving the warning message to the church of the second coming of Jesus Christ, and they were not ready to meet Christ. It was and is a John the Baptist, Elijah type of warning Ministry of repentance and now following the Lord with all your hearts. Now, in 1995, December 24, at 5.41 a.m., I received the following prophecy, primarily for the people who call themselves born again. You flaunted yourselves above the world. You flaunted yourselves above your neighbor and your neighbor's. Brother against brother, kingdom against kingdom, people against people, Christian against Christian in your ungodly attempt to self-glorify yourselves. Both in the church and throughout America, your leaders and religiously, politically, and economically are vain, corrupt, and amoral. Again, it said religiously, politically, and economically. You are fast losing the salt, the purity that has held you together, that has made you great, if not the greatest of all nations. 
But I will bring you down like the wind brings down the tree, so I will bring you down. You will not escape my wrath, for it is an expression of my love, my deep love, that will do all it can to get your attention before my eternal wrath, to remove all those who do not and will not love thy neighbor will fall. Some say, many say, oh, we will escape. It will not happen to us, for we are your elect. We are God's chosen. But I say, you have blinded yourselves with your own vanity. My elect are not the people, the church in America, but my elect are the people of the world that are called by my name and do my will on earth as it is done in heaven. Not people with a false tongue, a divination of heart, but a divination of my will. For you are a thankless, godless, amoral generation that has been raised by the philosophies of the heathen, and I'll challenge your philosophies till you hate me and my people. My people will not escape your wrath, the wrath of the world, as some falsely teach, for only the world's wrath will open their eyes clearly to what I am saying, so they are prepared to meet me. I am coming quickly for a people, a church, without spot or wrinkle, a blood-washed, blood-soaked people who are really called Christian, not the hypocritical, self-righteous, self-taught, self-educated fool who propagates his own dogma today. I'll tear down the haughty, the mighty religious leader in my kingdom, in my church, who has deceived my people with your ever-babbling rhetoric that has filled the pulpits across America. Instead of my church being one, you have become institutionalized, where my true servants are not even welcomed because you're protecting your own man-made philosophies, your own selfish interest. You think the people are yours, but I tell you they are mine, and your man-made denominational institutions will fall. For I am shaking and calling the very elect to follow me, not you. Awake, awake, O Jerusalem, for the King of glory is about to appear, and only the true elect, the glorified elect, will live in that new Jerusalem that I am preparing. America, your religious leaders are vain and corrupt. Your church leaders are vain and corrupt. Your political leaders are vain and corrupt. Your relatives are vain and corrupt. Your neighbors are vain and corrupt. A generation of heathen, those that appear to be many as the elect, my chosen, yet I've not accepted them because I can see their heart. They are imitations of the genuine, a pearl in the rough. But don't give up, for I'll wash you and prepare you through the fire of my love. Not the world's wrath, but my love. As a father chastens his children, so I will chasten you and tear down your sandcastles, your delusions of grandeur, until you can see the kingdom again. Now, I'm going to give the interpretation. It's fairly self-explanatory. The Lord is saying that he will exhort the American people to look to him. He will cause an incident to happen in America, so great as to get their attention. This could be possibly through the weather, food, disease, economy, although it would have to be a much greater degree than we have yet experienced, etc., or nuclear war at a national level. Remember, this prophecy was given December 24, 1995. God is saying that the American people are guilty of intense pride, intense self-exaltation, self-satisfaction. In all areas of life in America, including the church, most of the people are filled with pleasing themselves. The leaders in America, even in the church, for the most part, are filled with self-glorification and self-attainment. Many of their leaders are not only have a gluttonous appetite for glory and the things of the world, 
But some are guilty of immorality and amorality. Many church leaders do not know right from wrong any longer. Many are guilty of lying, cheating, fornication, and adultery. Many of the so-called pastors have become amoral and are no longer either capable or bold enough to counsel truth. The American people are turned over to the philosophies of evil men and satanic spirits. The psychic, the philosopher, the professor, and even Eastern religions take the place of the truth of Jesus Christ that should be taught fundamentally, doctrinally sound, and without error. But the message is not popular with the people of America, nor with many deceived pastors within the church. So the people of America have turned to the lies of the cult and occult because a true servant of the Lord is not popular even within his own denomination. They dance to the fiddle of the majority or are intrigued by the psychic's predictions, but are deaf to the words and warnings of a true prophet. Thus the people of America and members of the church are conned by false doctrine. They are inept to scripturally and spiritually deal with the deceptions, lies, lust, lifestyles, values, behaviors, sins, and spirits that are in our society and in the church. God is saying he will bring down, humble, shame, the American people, including many church leaders. Many people in America, members of churches, feel immune from the catastrophes that have struck other countries such as war, famine, disease, persecution, etc. But God is warning the people, both in society and the church, will not escape his dealings with them. There are hard times ahead for both the church and people of America. Great trouble, plagues, and persecution lies ahead. This is indeed out of the God's deep eternal love to give every opportunity for people to repent, prepare themselves for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When there is a lack of righteousness and holiness in people's lives, they compromise. They're afraid to speak the truth to others. They lie and give excuses for their unfaithfulness by saying they do not want to hurt people's feelings. You can say it another way, but the truth is, their own relationship with God is lacking. In reality, they do not have the spiritual strength to obey the Spirit, nor are they led by the Spirit, but by their own understanding, mentality, and flesh. They find it difficult to give godly counsel because according to His Word, they do not have an intimate relationship with the author of truth. Thus, they do not know what the truth is. Or if they do, they do not have the Spirit, the strength to do or say what He asks of them. The majority of the church in America lacks holiness and righteousness. God must and will prepare them for His return. For He will not allow His new Jerusalem to be polluted, corrupt, diseased, poverty-stricken, ruled by the vain, immoral, or amoral again. Before his final judgment, when people are sentenced to eternal separation or eternal life with him in the new Jerusalem, Jesus will give more opportunity for a change of heart. The American born-again Christian will be chastened by the Lord and tried by the fire. God will force events to deal with their spiritual weak condition until the American Christian true believer will look to the Lord for strength and call on the Lord earnestly, not out of some mythical explanation or prayer. Through the changing events and new laws in society, the American believer will be forced of God to take a stand on spiritual and moral truths until they're hated and persecuted by society. The American Christian will not escape having to take his stand and position in the Lord. 
Wrong doctrine taught by denominations and pastors will be exposed by time itself, by the Holy Spirit, by the Scriptures, which will finally be studied studiously by the elect instead of just accepted from the pulpit. Many large churches, denominations, church leaders, and pastors fall. They will be rejected both by society and by the believer for their vain lifestyle and teaching of God's Word. <coughs> Eventually, all godly organized churches and ministries will be shut down as persecution of the true believer takes its full course. As believers have suffered in many countries throughout the world for their faith, so many will now suffer in America. The Lord Jesus is warning the American Christians that he is preparing to return to earth, but before he returns, he will give more opportunities for both the unbeliever and believer to prepare for his second coming. Great trouble will fall on America, along with a major crisis that will change the American lifestyle. He warns that the born-again believer will also be challenged by the Lord through the change of events in the American lifestyle, calamities, and persecution. But through it all, the true church will become holy without spot or wrinkle and learn to trust in Jesus. Amen and amen. I gave a warning out of mercy and grace for 98 through 2008. A warning. Not that it would happen within that time, but after that time. And it would start to happen. I spoke in 40 cities and 30 states about the condition and future of America. I put advertisements like in the Seattle Times on December 26, 1997 regarding the United States of America. I talked about the stock market collapse. And it did. The dot-coms collapsed. Many people went bankrupt. Nuclear attack. What to do if nuclear disaster is imminent? Civil unrest. Social security collapse. Natural disasters, including tornadoes, tidal waves, the sea dying, 20-pound hailstorms, water poisoning, food shortages, red tides. We've seen them all. Powerful Northwest earthquake. On television, I warned about what was coming on America and why. Again, put it in newspapers. What would happen, including in the Northwest? The 520 bridge will collapse. The Mount Rainier will erupt. The 520 bridge has already been broken once and they had to repair it. They said the Mount Rainier is the most dangerous mount volcano in the United States of America and could go anytime. I talked about nuclear, biological, and chemical terrorism in different cities throughout America, as well as several attacks. New York, Chicago, New Orleans, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Florida. And remote areas will be biological, chemical, and nuclear experimentation. In the Pacific Northwest, in Casper, Wyoming, there will be a nuclear incident. There will also be chemical, biological, and nuclear terrorism and or attack on the United States throughout the United States. In the Northwest, volcanic activities will occur. Earthquakes across America. I have said in the papers, if you want to avoid the above, there must be a mighty, genuine repentance as in Nineveh. Jonah 3, 5 through 10. Or a powerful spirit of prayer must arise that will result in the mercy and grace of God as Abraham interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah. Genesis 18, 23 through 33. There is hope. If we meet the conditions of God, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, he will hear our call, forgive us, and heal the land. If we do not meet the conditions, judgment will fall and all the prophecies will come to pass. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we the church and people in America need to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in reality and practicality to avoid these events warned by the Lord from coming to pass. It is our sins that allow our enemies to hurt us. I went to New Orleans, exhortation regarding to New Orleans. I was in New Orleans April 1 through April 10, 2000 for citywide meetings. The billings for the meetings were sounding the alarm to the nation's 2000 New Orleans. This is Prophet Hansen, who also acts as an apostolic advisor to many pastors throughout the world, as well as some in New Orleans, challenged the church to be truly the bride of Christ instead of being a competitive business. In other words, so many of the churches acted like they were just competitive businesses. The Lord loves the local church, but hates, abhors sin in any church, whether it's in person whether it is the person or the underground church, a home church or local organized churches. I came against sin in the Pharisees, pastors, where they try to control the local church by twisting the word of God in order to control the people and acquire their money to build their own vain kingdoms. I told the bride of Christ that it's time for our reformation where Jesus takes back the leadership of the church, which has been usurped by many pastors. I challenge the pastors and the people to come against sin and work for the kingdom of God and the bride of Christ. I thank the pastors who attended and supported the meetings. Ask God to bless them in their ministries as they continue to promote the kingdom of God without prejudice. I exhorted the pastors and the people to come against the religious and immoral spirits of Mardi Gras. I encouraged pastors and churches to take back the morality of the city by sounding the alarm against sin and its consequences. I declared that if a pastor was not willing to come against the spirit of Mardi Gras, homosexuality and abortion, then that particular pastor needed to resign and let a man of faith lead the church back to God. I called on New Orleans and I called them a modern day Sodom and Gomorrah, which was destroyed for the same sins that New Orleans condones and promotes of homosexuality, sodomy, lesbianism, abortion, and the spirit of Mardi Gras. One continual immoral party with laid-back mentality, even wanting to rape the angels. I went to New Orleans three times prior to Katrina, warning of impending judgment, driving across the dikes mentioning they could break. When President Bush stated that New Orleans was going to be rebuilt, I said, if New Orleans is rebuilt, God says, I will destroy it again. The very dikes where we went across and warned we could break, they broke. The 9-11 prophecy... Prior to the attack on New York, I spoke on a New York talk show countdown many different times warning New York of impending judgment. I flew to New York in March 2001 personally and spoke daily on television for one week. I also held nightly revival meetings in the Brooklyn YWCA Auditorium, strongly warning them that New York would burn, skyscrapers would collapse, bridges would fall, naming the bridges. I warned them with tears and groaning that blood would flow down thousands of faces, but still the city and nation would not repent, but would rise up and say, we shall rebuild, we shall avenge, and join together with false religions in prayers of blasphemy. God warned that New York Twin Towers would collapse, but people did not listen, and they still are not obeying the warnings of God. I went on to warn New York about how after thousands died, God would continue to allow his judgments to continue until finally there would be such an onslaught 
that millions would die across America before finally a true revival would sweep across this land. The attack in New York, 9-11, was only the beginning of a continuation of attacks until finally millions will be buried. There will come a day when about every skyscraper will fall, bridges will collapse, New York will burn as a city. Friday, September 14, 2001, Dr. Larry Bates interviewed me on the Information Radio Network, syndicated radio talk show, Unraveling the New World Order. We talked about the terrorist attack on America and how the National Day of Prayer, 9-14-2001, was attended and led by different politicians as well as religious leaders. My heart cried out to God. My spirit was deeply troubled and grieved with the hypocrisy and other blasphemy of it all. According to the New Lexicon Webster Dictionary, the definition of the word blasphemy is contemptuous or irreverent speech about God or things regarded as sacred. I called a ceremony that was going across the United States carried by television the prayer of blasphemy. Utterly immoral and amoral politicians, along with many different false religions, are pious, piously going into the cathedral, committing, in my discernment, a sacrilege with their words and prayers. Church leaders were praying to the God of Abraham and Muhammad. This is utterly blasphemy. Islam denies the deity of Jesus Christ as God. And if Jesus Christ is left out of the Godhead, then that religion is serving a false God. All through the Bible, God is condemned, sharing his place with other gods and religions. This sin is called idolatry. And God sends judgment upon nations that worship other gods and religions. Joshua 24, 19 through 20. Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God, and he will not forgive your trespasses and nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that, he has done to you good. September 14, 2001. I was on two live talk shows, one for an hour and the other for two hours. I stated emphatically that while I was in prayer that very morning, the Lord spoke to me. Quote, more attacks are coming. And finally, there will be an attack that leaves 1,000 times more dead than the death count of the present disaster. Only this will finally get the attention of some people. Others, as Revelation 16, 21 predicts, blaspheme God because of the plague. What are we seeing and will continue to see happen is that these catastrophes, events occur, they will cause the excuse needed to continue to form and usher in the new world order and religion. God raised up three adversaries against King Solomon for committing the same sins of pride, self-reliance, and immorality and outright idolatry in worshiping with other religions and gods as we in America are guilty of doing. Please read 1 Kings chapters 3 through 11. Chapter 11 tells us about the three adversaries that God raised up against King Solomon to tear his kingdom apart. All through the Bible, one can find where God sent adversaries against his own people when they went into idolatry and immorality. We have missed the message from God to repent, and now millions will eventually die. Warning, America Prophecy 2009. 11.52 hours, February 12, 2009, I saw elephants running, trampling through green grass, fields, and corn crops. 12.23 as I was meditating on it, I could see elephants, a herd of elephants, running down people, purposely 
as if they were on assignment. I believe the green grass in the fields with waist-high wheat and barley blowing and the corn crops represent what is going to be released on America. One, I believe the green grass represents the weather, water, sun, snow that will turn against the United States of America. Two, I believe the fields with waist-high wheat and barley represent our wealth, industry, imports, exports, housing equity, stocks and bonds, savings, banking, money markets, retail, wholesale business, etc., will fail. Three, I believe the corn crops represent the high buildings and skyscrapers, forests, mountains, rivers, lakes, oceans. All will be affected. Many will be destroyed. Different cities across America will come under attack, some by terrorists, some by other nations, some by earthquakes and volcanoes, and some by meteorites. Four, weather will turn against us. Wealth will be removed. Much destruction is coming. Only the church can stop the judgment and preserve America. Christians must become salt and light and obey Jesus' commission to be his ambassadors, making disciples of the nations. If the church fails to confront evil, including governmental authority, when it backs evil, then the church will be ruled. October 13, 2010, at 11 hours, I received this prophecy for the Hawaiian Islands. Change is coming to the Hawaiian Islands. Not the change that Obama promised to destroy the power and sovereignty of the Republic of America, but a mighty spiritual change that will also manifest in the physical. Tidal waves that Hawaii has never seen, dreamed about, or imagined is coming to Hawaii to tear down strongholds and the stench and the groves. The people of Hawaii will know God is dealing and judgment is falling on these islands and they will cry out to God for mercy and grace. As the tidal waves do devastating damage to man's empire, so spiritually will the people of God, led by the Spirit, do damage to the kingdom of darkness, ushering a season of light with the glory of God falling and manifesting itself in healings, miracles, signs and wonders, deliverance and true repentance, ushering a glorious revival. Warn the islands that judgment and devastation is coming before Jesus returns, but so is the most powerful manifestation of the living and true God that the church and islands have ever witnessed. 2.32, hours on December 2, 2011, I woke from the dream. In a dream, I and others with me, including a member of my staff, Dr. Mike Kyoto, were being chased by the military. The uniforms of the people chasing us were not American. It seemed as if they were Russian or German in appearance, but it could have been either a mixture of both or an entirely new uniform, as I could not positively classify it. As we Christians were being hunted down, I told another believer to hold up this banner over our heads with an inscription on it with something like WMI, Law Enforcement. And then the inscription faded into a blotch of words running together. With this banner over our heads, the soldiers quit chasing us to arrest and imprison us, and we in the world seemed to be at peace. I awoke pondering the dream, and within five minutes fell asleep and had another dream. In that dream, the peace had broken. I and other Christians were being hunted down again. This time, the persecution was much worse and intensified. I saw myself in a room warning other Christian leaders of what was about to happen to them. I saw an apostle chairing the meeting, and I was speaking. I warned the leaders of both dreams and how Christians were being persecuted. I warned them that now was the time to prepare as persecution such as the world had never seen is about to happen that there was also the power of God released upon his servants who finally now seek him with all their hearts due to the persecution 
and become as the royal priesthood of Melchizedek and the sons of Issachar, who understood the times. During this time, these servants of God will do great exploits. The supernatural manifestations of the true and living God will be evidence to the world, and the great revival since mankind began will be unleashed with signs and wonders, healings and salvation, but also the greatest persecution of believers will be taking place with Christians being arrested, imprisoned, and killed. I exhorted the leaders in the room listening to my warnings not to fear because God's grace is sufficient and we will be able to go through this as the apostles and other saints have done before us with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit residing within us and the angels ministering and surrounding us. I exhorted them that nothing could touch us unless God allowed it and that if God allowed it, then His grace would be with us to be imprisoned or ushered in to eternal life. Prepare, prepare, prepare. I came out of the second dream at approximately 3.52 hours, pondered upon the dreams and went to my office at 0400 hours a.m. and started typing them out on paper. Most of the two dreams described above are already clearly understood. Christians right now are being persecuted more in this present generation than all the generations combined. Right now, Christians around the world are being killed. Right now, more than all generations combined. The entire world is being pressurized into changing their values in their national constitutions to include abortion, homosexuality, Islamic laws, and courts. The New World Order propaganda machine is spewing out evil words and laws to turn people against born-again believers. They are turning the people in the world against what Christians believe in, the morality of Jesus Christ. They are demonizing Christians, so the world looks at Christians as evil people who cause the problems in the world with their ancient beliefs and values and stubborn insistence that salvation comes only through Jesus Christ alone as their Savior and their God. I believe as the spiritual deceivableness continues to increase in the world in America, persecution against Christians will continue to increase in every nation. Finally, without a tremendous revival of repentance, with a national turning back to Jesus Christ, Faithful Christians who refuse to compromise will be persecuted in America as they are around the world. I believe that the banner lifted up over our heads that stopped us from being hunted down with the words WMI, law enforcement, means that we in WMI and other Christians that continue to preach to the world of God and giving the warnings of the Lord will be persecuted as leaders and nations continue to reject and remove the laws of God out of their society. As temporary peace and law comes back, for a short time, persecution will stop for a very short time, but then persecution will come back with a vengeance against the church of Jesus Christ and against the people of Israel. Again, eagle saving nations, having a great awakening. But later, once again, persecution will intensify. God's banner will protect his bride against the plagues of God as his wrath, which will be leveled against the ungodly. The signs of judgment will run its course as God enforces his laws. I believe that this plan created world economic crash to follow or be in conjunction with a limited, what would be a classified as world war with nuclear weapons involved is imminent. I believe arising from the ashes of these combined events that result in lawlessness, disease, drought, famine, civil unrest, millions of dead people will lead to a seven-year peace treaty. There will be a temporary peace for a short time, but finally the peace treaty will be broken. Unprecedented persecution will follow against born-again Christians and billions of people dying from the plagues of God against those people who resist God and persecute His church. Now, 
I can't finish the other 25 prophecies on America that God gave me since March 2020 of civil unrest, civil war, and an invasion. But I'm warning you, trouble is coming, and it's coming imminently. Shannon? What a powerful teaching tonight. You know, Dr. Hansen, I heard you probably have also that here in America, we're down to about 23 days worth of diesel fuel before we run out. And I heard Glenn Beck say, if I recall correctly, that we have about a million barrels in reserve. That's it. But he said if they tap into that, they're going to expend that in about six hours. We must be using a lot. What are we going to do with no diesel fuel? And this is all artificially created shortages. I mean, you know, we go from two years ago under Trump to being the largest energy exporter to now we're begging from Venezuela, from Saudi Arabia, who has just said they're not going to backtrack on their reduction in barrels of oil production. There is one prophetic word, we'll see if it happens, where they actually end up cutting, that is OPEC, cuts a deal with China instead of America. What are we going to do when the trucks stop? Do people realize that everything we rely on is pretty much trucked in? Forget about ordering anything on Amazon. There'll be no fuel to deliver it to your door. And this is contrived chaos. This is the biggest scam I have ever seen perpetuated on the world. These globalists want to cripple us all. This is just demonic at its core under this uh, you know, green agenda that they're pushing. We know the truth here. It's about population reduction. They really want to see several billion of us all killed. We're useless eaters in the eyes of the elite. Do I see it turning back? Uh, not if the church does not rise to the occasion and repent and begin to stand in the gap. I encourage everybody to become part of Eagles Saving Nations. Lindsey Williams, for over two decades, who was a chaplain up there, the fields up there in Alaska, said, you know, we got enough oil at Prudhoe Bay alone that was capped in the 70s to last America another 100 years. This is all senseless what they're putting us through. I mean, we're sitting on the precipice of annihilation in America. I don't think it really has sucked in, Dr. Hansen. I told someone recently about the prophetic word that the Lord gave you and the fact that you were warning. I remember these warnings. You know, let every word be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So God showed you a prophet of God, and he showed several others who went home to be with the Lord, all things that were coming. Y'all have all said the same thing. I know you heard from the Lord. That's right, Shannon. And you're right. We need another great awakening. Please, ladies and gentlemen, go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Click on Eagles Saving Nations. Subscribe now. It's now or never. We have to have another great awakening. Or let me tell you something. America, the republic is going to fall. Judgment is going to fall and judgment will fall anyway if there's not a genuine repentance, another great awakening, even if we put in righteous leaders. We've got to have another great awakening. Once again, my website, www.worldministries.org, or you can telephone 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, telephone my office, and sign up today. And give us your very best donation if you want us to stay on this station sounding the alarm. Because let me tell you something, we need your help desperately. God bless you.